Welcome to another broadcast of The Simple Truth, an outreach of Eye on the Crown Ministries, a ministry whose purpose is to present the Word of God in a dynamic and easy-to-understand manner, so all men, women, and children will hear the good news of Jesus Christ and accept Him as their Savior and Lord of their life. Part of the new life means doing different things than what you used to do, or just doing things differently than how you used to do them. It requires thinking differently, acting differently, and avoiding the things and the people that do not help you grow and advance in your new life, both spiritually and naturally. In your new life, you will be in a constant battle with the flesh. The flesh represents the sinful nature of people that causes them to do wrong even when they don't want to. The desires of the flesh are powerful and there is nothing you can do on your own to reform it, improve it, train it, or make it acceptable to God. It can only be done with the help of God's Spirit. So I invite you to take out a pen and paper as we take a wonderful journey through the Word of God with your Bible teacher, Weldon Green, as he presents part two of the sermon series, 21 Benefits of the New Life, based on the book of Romans, chapter 8. For those of you who can, take out your Bible, smartphone, e-reader, or tablet, and go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8, starting at verse 5. And I'll be reading down to verse 13 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Hear the words of the Lord. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God but you are in but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, Father, I pray that you will prepare the hearts and the minds of your people, that as they hear your word, you will reveal the truth to them. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. A new life can be defined as having daily living experiences that include doing things differently than what you used to do and the way you used to do them. It involves thinking differently, acting differently, and getting rid of those things that did not help you grow and advance both spiritually and naturally. See, benefits are something everyone desires to have, but you must meet certain requirements in order to receive them. 
Now, as we learned last week in part one of this Bible study series, the Apostle Paul was contrasting the bondage brought about by trying to live in the flesh and the guaranteed freedom of living according to the Spirit of God. He started off by telling us that no one can condemn us if we have given our life over to Jesus Christ. No matter how much they may talk about us, hurt us, or do us wrong, they cannot condemn us because we are defended by Jesus, our great advocate and lawyer, who has never lost a case in the throne room of heaven. The second benefit Paul told us about was that the old way of life can no longer claim us or control us. The law held us in bondage and restricted what we could do because that is what it was designed to do. See, the spirit of God was not in us and we needed something to show us our faults and condemn us when we messed up. But when we became a new creation in Christ, we no longer needed the law to tell us what we could or could not do. Now love and grace freed us to do what Jesus set the example for us to do out of love. The law gave us a religion, but salvation gave us a relationship with God. It's like the story of a woman who was married to a strict, uncaring man that made her cook him meals no matter what time of day or night he came home. He made her clean and shine his dirty shoes and wash and iron his clothes, but he never said thank you and he never did anything for her. But when he died, the woman told a friend that she would never let another man treat her like that and make her do those things. Well, a few years later, that woman met and married a man that was loving and kind to her. He didn't ask her to do any of those things her mean husband had asked her to do. In fact, he was always doing things for her and letting her know how much he appreciated her. Well, soon she started cooking for her new husband and washing and ironing his clothes and even massaging his shoulders when he came home from work tired. And her friend said to her one day, I thought you said you would never let another man make you do those things again. And the woman replied to her friend, I don't do them because he makes me do them. I do them because I love him and I want to do them. In this week's Bible study, Paul gives us the third benefit of the new life in Christ in verses five through eight. And that is the spiritual mind brings peace and pleases God. See, we can agree that action speaks louder than words. You can talk all you want about turning things around in your life or doing this or doing that. But until you actually do it, you are just talking and talk is cheap. People do the things that are important to them. No matter how hard they may be, they make the time and effort to do them. And when you are focused on pleasing the flesh, You will never be at peace because the flesh is a hard taskmaster that is never satisfied. It always seeks more of what it craves, which brings about unrest and discontentment in your life because you can never please it. Not only that, it causes you to lose focus on doing what God wants you to do. See, If your focus is on making money, That is what you will spend the majority of your time doing. If your focus is on deception, immorality or self-gratification, those are the type activities you will spend the majority of your time engaged in. 
If you desire the praise of men more than the praise of God, that is what you will focus on doing. We see it every day with entertainers who don't want to give up the spotlight. So their focus is staying in the public's eye and they will do anything to get people to talk about them, whether the publicity is good or bad. Or it's like a politician who don't want to give up the power and influence that comes along with the office. Now, they'll start off compromising their integrity little by little until eventually they get to the point where they will say or do anything to get reelected. And it does not lead to fulfillment or the desires that they want out of life. And it only leads to restlessness in their life because these things are not lasting. This way of living is not only unfulfilling, it will cause separation between you and God and prevent you from receiving the greatest benefit of all. And that is eternal life. See, Paul makes it clear in Galatians chapter five, verses 19 through 21. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, when your mind is on the things of God, you are not restless because of what you do or the things you don't have because that becomes secondary to pleasing God. Also, the way you deal with disappointments will be different because you know that ultimately, God is in control and he's got your back. A mind that has not been renewed, like Paul describes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A mind that has not been renewed like that is a mind that cannot connect with God or please him. And this is because that kind of mind will always have a case of the I can't help it. And to think that you can have it both ways is only fooling yourself. You can't do as the world does and do as the spirit of God says to do. The Bible calls that in James chapter 1 verse 8 being double-minded and a person that is unstable in all their ways. See, a mind that is not under the control of the spirit of God can't understand the things of God, nor does it want to. That's why people will tell you, don't keep talking to them about that Jesus stuff. And religion is only for weak and simple minded people. The fleshly mind is at war with God and cannot be controlled. That's why you keep hearing about people doing some of the most horrific things you can ever imagine someone doing because there is nothing to guard their mind against the evil thoughts of Satan. And when Satan is in control of someone's mind and action, there is no limit to the depths of depravity they will go. The fourth benefit of the new life is found in verses 9 through 11, and that is, if you have the spirit of Christ, you have life. 
Trying to turn your life around without changing the thing that controls your life is impossible. When you allow the fleshly mind to control you, not only are you dwelling in a dying body, but you have a dying spirit as well. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Dr. Tony Evans, the pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship and the Urban Alternative in Dallas, Texas, puts it this way. Being controlled by the flesh is like living in a house that has been eaten up by termites. You can paint the walls and put in new carpet, but it won't do any good to keep that house standing until you fix the structural problem. Now, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. There is nothing of value in the old you that God wants. That is why the old fleshly house of the inner man must be condemned. God doesn't want it in heaven and you can't fix it here on earth. Trying to do so will be a waste of time, effort and money. But when the spirit of Christ dwells within you, it's like getting a brand new house. But when the spirit of Christ dwells in you, it's like getting a brand new house. Now, I'm sure many of you have probably seen the show called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. In this show, they select families that have suffered hardships and as a result, their homes are in disrepair. And, and in many instances, they're just unlivable. Then over a matter of days, the construction crew of the show goes in and totally remodels that family's home while they send the family off on a vacation. And some homes are in such bad shape, they have to be totally torn down and rebuilt. But they do all of this in a matter of days. God does the same with your spiritual mind and body. When he finds you in distress, unable to help yourself, broken and falling apart, he comes in and rebuilds you. He totally remodels your mind and spirit, giving you new spiritual eyes, a new way of talking, a new way of thinking, and a new way of acting. Sometimes you are just so messed up, he has to tear you completely down and start from scratch. But when he's done, the transformation will be so amazing. Everyone who sees you will not believe how different the new you looks and more importantly, how the new you acts. My friend, that is what God had to do with me many years ago when I first became a Christian. My friend, that is what he had to do with me many years ago when I first became a Christian. See, I had just gotten out of the military and thought I could do anything without anyone's help. Having been an officer, unit commander, and trained as an airborne ranger, I was headstrong, pushy, self-reliant, and half-hearted in my relationship with God. So God allowed me to do things my way, and he sat back and watched me make mistake after mistake. No matter how hard I worked or clever strategy I implemented and tried to advance my life and business, things just got worse. Eventually, I got to the point where I lost my money, my pride, my confidence, my health, and was about to lose my family. 
I had sunken so low that all I could do was look up to God and cry out, Lord, help me. And when I totally surrendered to God, that is when he came in with his spiritual construction crew and gave me an extreme home makeover. My spiritual house was in such bad shape he had to start from scratch with me. But when he finished rebuilding my spiritual house, it was beautiful on the inside and on the outside. I had a renewed mind that was focused on him and did things the way he wanted them done. But most of all, I knew I had the spirit of Christ in me, which meant I would have eternal life. And I thank God for not giving up on me. The fifth benefit Paul tells us about is found in verses 12 and 13. And that is, if you reject the deeds of the body, you will live. As I stated in part one of this Bible study series, the flesh cannot be changed. It cannot be tamed. It cannot be improved and it will die. If you live a life that is controlled by this fallen nature, you will die spiritually as well. You have no obligation to continue running with the flesh or let it control your life. But in order to defeat it and break from its death grip, you will need help from God's spirit. So when the fleshly desire comes knocking at your door, let the spirit of God answer it. When it taps on the window late at night, begging you to come out and play, let the spirit of God close the curtains. When it calls you on the phone and invites you out, let the spirit of God answer the phone and tell it no. You don't owe the flesh anything and you are not obligated to do it any favors. Your debt is to Jesus who will bring you out of that state of sin and shame and broken spiritual home. But trust me, the sins of your past will not give up so easily on you. It will come in whatever form it needs to and try to get you to try it one more time, even if it's just for old times sake. It will even try to make you feel guilty and tell you that you owe it for what it did for you in the past. But you will have to tell that sin for nature. I don't owe you anything because I have a new life in Christ. You can do it. It may be hard at first, but the more you do it, the easier it will get. Trust me. But you first have to have the spirit of God in you that will give you the ability and give you the strength to reject the desires of the flesh. The Bible says in James chapter four, verses seven and eight. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. And my friends, don't get disappointed or discouraged if you fail in this effort. Just try it again. You know, the old saying that goes, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I tell you that the more you trust in God and the more you resist the temptations of the flesh that will come before you, the more success you will find. Well, listening friends, that's all for this week. But I hope this week's broadcast 
has been a blessing to you and has encouraged you to either seek a closer relationship with God or accept Jesus as your Savior. There is no greater or more fulfilling decision you will ever make in your life than this. The new life I discovered when I totally surrendered to God and started living according to the way he wanted me to live has been more rewarding than anything I have ever done. The greatest part of it has been the peace he has given me in the most difficult and scary situations that I have faced in life because I know he is in control of everything that happens and he has my best interest at heart. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. What a benefit. So dear friends, I encourage you to accept Jesus as your savior and let him be Lord over your life. The Bible says it's as simple as acknowledging your sins before God and asking him to forgive you for those sins. Then ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and savior. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I also invite you to visit our ministry website and explore our other resources at www.ionthecrown.org. Also, feel free to send me an email through the Contact Us link on our ministry website and let us know how the broadcast has made an impact in your life or what we can do to improve them. Your input will be welcomed and greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening and join me again next week for part three of the Bible study series, 21 Benefits of the New Life. Now have a blessed and prosperous day. God bless you.